0: allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of god's love wake up my dear sinners wake up from your depressed won't you say your prayers and know that you are blessed i love
1: Jesus loves you the best, and I hope that you choose your own religion.
2: Hello, my dear sinners. Welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. Uh, My name is Joe. If you've never heard the show before, this is a show that is a nice little exploration of, uh, of the religious territory in our lives. And it's not really advocating for or against anything other than... Maybe a little bit more understanding. I don't know. Maybe we understand even less after this show. Uh I guess today is Michael Gardner of, among other things, the indie improv group Funk Shuffle, who is... uh If you're listening to this when it comes out and you're in L.A., uh, come out next Tuesday or this Tuesday uh, to the clubhouse at 1030 for Funk Shuffle Presents and uh, catch them any other times they play. I'm excited to have Michael on the show because... um if you've never heard the show before, my relationship with God, and specifically Christianity's take on God, is uh, is a little complicated, mostly because of my dad being a pastor, but the other big complicator in this that sort of throws a wrench in a lot of my intellectual understandings and intellectual beliefs is our uh, dudes like Michael, who are just like so cool and full of love and strongly Christian. And... Uh, I don't know, this this conversation reminded me of social groups I used to be a part of. My youth group, my youth conferences that I worked at, my college Presbyterian friends. And, uh, you know, I loved those, those groups, and ultimately I left them. And it, it's weird whenever you leave any group, I think, because, I don't know, in my life I've left other types of groups, and it seems like any time you leave a group, it's usually philosophical on some level, whether it's you stop drinking with your boys because you want to make a life <laughs> for yourself or or you don't share the same beliefs about God and how to live in accordance with that God or you just don't think community theater is as an important expression of the human experience as you once did I don't know sometimes these differences in how life looks like and how to act in it seems like that's that's the best possible reasons you could have to not hang out with somebody and that they, they seem diametrically opposed in some cases Specifically, it seems like comedy and religion always sort of bristle against one another. You have the the reverence inherent in a serious religious practice, and then you have irreverence that seems almost as equally a necessity in comedy. But at the end of the day, conversations like I have with Michael make whatever different versions of literal and historical reality feel relevant. And potentially, maybe our philosophical differences can be irrelevant, too, on some level. I don't know, man. Sometimes it just feels like whatever style of music you like. Like, I was raised with classic God, and uh, now I've I've gone through some heavy metal God, some angry punk versions of God, and just like a good Girl Talk song. Maybe there's a lot of combinations of God that seem completely incompatible with each other that surprisingly fit well together. I mean, who in the 90s expected Metallica to play with an orchestra? So, maybe maybe our philosophical differences aren't as far apart as they seem on face value. And uh, that's what I, I want to find out with this episode and with this podcast in general. And so far, I've loved this. I've loved this. And I've loved the support I've gotten from a lot of you guys. And I love staying connected. And I love uh, building this weird relationship with people who listen to this. So, uh, thank you so much. If you do, uh, if you like this episode and if you like this show, uh, please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, leave me a rating or a review or something. Uh, tell your friends like the Facebook post. I don't know if you like it, just show you like it in some way or don't and just hoard it to yourself. And, uh, that's all for today. Please welcome Michael Gardner. Uh, the catchphrase that, it's a catchphrase for now, I'm, I'm, I'm shopping around different catchphrases, potentially, but for now, you know what, forever, Ja Rule. So, okay, so you moved down here from Northern California, Uh despite people from Northern California hating LA. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah.
2: I feel like that's a part of a Northern Cal like identity is it like is. you can't like LA.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very it's in it's even it's ingrained in like all of our sports teams and like all <laughs> yeah. the like all of our all the sports rivalries are like like the the sharks hate the like penguins and uh-huh. like the um, the Giants say the Dodgers right and like
2: Warriors and Clippers yes now, yeah. well that's a more recent one <laughs> yeah nobody really cared about either one like 10 years ago that's but. true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you from the Bay Area specifically or anywhere just more rural
1: area or uh, I am yeah I'm from the Santa Cruz Mountains okay which is about an hour south of San Francisco and it's like between San Jose and Santa Cruz gotcha yeah so just
2: you know stereotypical beautiful California country yes yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so then you got You went to college somewhere, or? Uh, I actually moved down here for college That's why I'm here Gotcha, cool Yeah And then you started Were you always into improv, or Is that your main thing, improv?
1: Yes, improv is my main thing <laughs> Cool and, and I kind s- of, like, do little things, like That I get asked to do things That are, like, next to improv Because you're, like, in the comedy community for long enough Yeah ask you to do stuff But improv is my, like that's the thing I, like, love.
2: Yeah. And did you fall in love with it out here, or did you know... Is that kind
1: of, like, why you... Well, like, you moved out here for college, but... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That was interesting, actually, because I... I did improv in high school. I, like, saw the... Uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade's, like, sketch show. Mm-hmm. And I, I was already a huge, like, sketch comedy nerd. But I saw that, and I was like, oh, like, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> if you can do that with comedy, then I want to do comedy. Yeah. Not just, like, watch it. Yeah. And so I, like did a bunch of very like nerdy research on them and like found out they like were all improvisers and they'd like started as an improv troupe. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well if that's what they did then that's how you do it. Right. Totally. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I did, I did short form with like a comedy sports high school league team in high school Mm -hmm. for like three years. I started doing it my like sophomore year of high school. Uh And then when I was, and then after that I stopped because in my head, like I came down here for music uh, gotcha. to go to music school. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my head, I was like, okay, well, you can't do, like, two things. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a musician now. Like, I've decided, so I'm like, so no more improv. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I came down here for school, and I was like, and I was going to school, but then on weekends, I was, like, going to a bunch of improv shows. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I was like, why am I kidding myself? Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah, like, why am I trying to engineer by my passions? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I had a similar uh, fork in the road. There's a guitar uh-huh. hanging on my wall that I play maybe once a year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like five years ago, I, I'm from North Carolina when I, I, was, I yeah. had like a crossroads right after college. So mine came a little bit later, but it was like, yeah, I'm either going to learn guitar and I love learning guitar. I love like learning music and this untapped side of me. But then I'm like, hey, I'm probably never going to be like, I'm so late in the game with music. It's going to take forever to get anywhere <laughs> confident with it. And then B, uh-huh. I love I loved stand up too. And so I moved out here then to do stand up. Oh, got it. Yeah. But maybe sometimes I wonder, like, maybe I should have just gone after music because I was like, (laughs) we're so into it. But, um, that's cool. And so at some point you transitioned, you're like, all right, music school is cool, but I'm, I'm all about some improvising.
1: (laughs) Uh, well, not, not really. Not even really? Oh, cool. I think, I think what happened was like, I had this, I had this mindset that was very like one path. Like you gotta like, you pick your thing and that's what you do for your life. Mm Um, And so I I was going to these improv shows and started taking improv classes. And then it started to do this thing where I was, like, in music school, very serious about music and, like, spending a lot of time, like, practicing and preparing for these classes and all this stuff. And then at night, I would have improv practices or be going and performing. Mm -hmm. And uh, my life kind of became about two things. And I realized, like, I did that for... I mean, I was in school for like five years. It mm-hmm. started maybe a year after I started. So for maybe about four years, I was like splitting my time pretty heavily between music and improv. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, like a, I guess a school ended for me maybe like six months ago or something like that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And so at the end of like like four years of doing like both of these things, I found that I've had a pretty reasonable amount of success with both of them. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
2: Do you do a lot of improvising in your music? Um. What well, when I play like jazz? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a very big like part of it.
2: Yeah. I'm just curious, guy. I, I love jazz. I've always been drawn. I'm a big uh, Fish and Grateful Dead fan. Oh, okay. Like, and I know I always throw them under the bus because I realize how silly <laughs> they sound to other people. But I, I mean, the improv part of their music is what hooked me just like this fascination with that they're making it up as they go yeah yeah so you play some jazz but you're kind of like are you like an all genres or do you have like a focus or
1: yeah i i would i i'm pretty much like kind of a a jack of all trades sort of mm-hmm. uh drummer i play the drums that's oh, cool. like, like cool. thing yeah um so i'm pretty my, like, big thing is that I can play everything sort of, like, convincingly. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. not, like, super specialized in one area. If I... I play m- more jazz than probably anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just because jazz covers kind of a wider area, mm-hmm. I guess. There's more things that I play that would be considered jazz. Gotcha. Whereas, like, rock, rock music has, like, a pretty... For drums, has, like, a pretty limited, like, set of skills you have to know.
2: Oh, yeah. But... For most of us, it's, like, unattainable. Like, <laughs> like the idea of yeah. it, even, like, not even polyrhythm. Like, just it's just two rhythms going on is, like, it's too much for me to handle. Like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to, my foot taps at one thing and then my hand at another? Yeah. It, I, I've never felt dumber than trying
1: to, like, drum something. That's, me neither. That's not like, well, that's, that's the thing that's crazy about drums that I find that's one thing that's like very humbling about it that I like is like I've been playing for 15 years oh wow and if yeah and there's still there's still some stuff I've never played like there's still grooves that you could put in front of me Uh and I and if you watched me try to play it I'd sound like I never sat at a drum set before wow that's fascinating like weird times signatures and um yeah there's probably yeah if you put something in front of those and like Fifteen eight or something. Uh-huh. I'd probably sound kind of dumb. Like,
2: <laughs> well, then that's where you just—that's uh, the beauty of improv. You just be like, "Oh yeah, I meant to like, you know, miss the beat." You know, it's it's uh, it's all part of it. The <laughs> overall aesthetic.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is that's probably something that I find refreshing about it. Is that like improv like seizes on the mistakes and like makes them like uh, it, makes them important. Makes it like it it justifies really, like, them. Yeah, yeah. It really like glorifies mistakes and is like mistakes are a part of art and they're like great. And music yeah at least in the environment that i play music in, mistakes are like not tolerated <laughs> mm, yeah that's an interesting dichotomy that that perfectionism
2: yeah um, I, I've I used to be I think when I started doing stand-up I would be sort of the perfectionist version of that with stand-up like there's there some there's still a lot of people who like that they want the exact wording they have they want the exact phraseology and there still uh-huh. is like a musical way to say a bit but I think Embracing mistakes is a huge part of has been a huge part of my growth as a stand up. Uh-huh. It's just like yeah, sloppy it up a little bit. It's <laughs> fine. Like you'll you'll remember the melody and like you'll remember like the one or two sentences from the yeah. bit that really matter. <laughs> but it's okay if you kind of like uh, stumble In the way getting there. Um, oh, that's, something else that reminded me of: Have you ever? Are you a Miles Davis fan? Probably. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember, that reminds me too of like I I read his autobiography. Have you ever read his autobiography? No, I haven't. He's a very, very angry man, <laughs> but great, <laughs> cool as hell. I love his music. But uh-huh. um, one thing he talked about with like classical music versus uh, jazz was like he called classical music robot shit. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's the whole point is yeah, the embracing of mistakes. Uh-huh. Were you ever like a classical music kind of guy?
1: Or is that sort of one of the areas you play in, or uh, I guess not no. with drums. Not with yeah, drums. that's it's not yeah. really a drum heavy uh, genre. Yeah. I'm like a drum set player, so like that. Uh, strangely is like a different set of like skills Uh it's a different and it's just i could probably fake my way through like a classical piece but it's like a very uh, i personally am impressed watching like classical percussionists play because the like real world of like orchestra performance for percussionists is like they play a lot of different instruments Mm -hmm. and like i've i can play all the stuff on a drum set at the same time but like they're like, that's all in one place. They like you watch them like physically run around, playing different things. Yeah, that are all the, uh, in the same piece of music.
0: Yeah, so yeah. They've got
1: one chart that's telling them like, okay, you need to play this snare fill here, and then you need to run over to the bass drum, and then yeah. like then the this gaun, chime thing. The xylophone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's like that could all be different people, but in a real orchestra, usually it's like two guys. Yeah, that's
2: that's cool. And then yeah. um, so I'm, I'm curious uh, if any of this. Did you grow up religious or anything, or is this is there a, a religious spiritual element
1: to music for you? Has that been there or not at all? Um, I think there is. Yeah. Um, I guess. Well, to answer your first question, I I didn't grow up religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess religion was there. Like my my mom grew up taking me and my sister to a Catholic church, mm-hmm. um, but my mom wasn't really like that into it yeah like it's she never talked about it outside of like church and Mm -hmm. she was kind of just like when we were like taking us to church was like a frustrating experience for her Mm. like I never got going to church now I experienced such a sense of like connection and like peace and community yeah and like that was not the way that's not what church was for her at all. Interesting.
2: So why why do you think she did it? Was it to like kind of give you a, a structure, kind of give you like a some like fundamental like one on one like humanitarian type stuff? I know a lot of people kind of do bring their kids for that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't get the feeling that it was that. I think it was what I suspect it is is that like I think everyone kind of has this like longing for like something greater Mm -hmm. like than themselves and something like to believe in and like um and she was raised in the catholic church and so i think she like kind of felt like well maybe it's here Hmm. and so like she came i think she came kind of like seeking that but i don't know for whatever reason it didn't it didn't really take with her. Yeah. And then subsequently um, then
2: I guess you it didn't take as much when you were a kid. Yeah. Cause yeah. by
1: the time my sister's like three years younger than me. So I was like seven and my sister was probably still, I was seven or eight. My sister was like three or four mm-hmm. when we like stopped going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, which like we kind of petered out and then it was like, it wasn't like some big blow up or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was now, it was just like, like, Aren't we going to church today? No, I don't think so. Yeah. And then, like that would happen more often. And then it was like just Christmas and Easter. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think my mom never really totally connected with Christianity, but like because she'd been raised in the church, Catholicism is like a part of her identity. Yeah. So we still go like Christmas and Easter, and there's still that thing of like when my nan is here, like we're going to church. Right. My mom's kind of going to act like this is what she does all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Right. Um, yeah. I remember when I, growing up, uh, son of a Presbyterian pastor, we would, uh, not, not super harshly, but there was always a little bit of a side eye to the people who were holiday, holiday uh, churchgoers. Yes. Like, yeah. Hmm, it's a little more full on Easter and Christmas. <laughs> Haven't seen yeah. you in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, now, I mean, it's like, whatever to me now, but it's, um, it's funny. I, I did, uh. So yeah, so then you're you just kinda of peter out. Uh-huh. Did you have any kind of like you said, we all we all want to find something greater than ourselves to believe in and some whatever it is. Like some people just find it in pure like philosophy of some sort. Uh-huh. Um, did you have any of that like growing up after that? Were you kinda of like like how did you think about religion in your like your middle school and
1: high school years? Um I think I well, kind of Late in middle school, early high schools when I, when I did end up like finding God, like mm. getting saved. And mm-hmm. like, that's kind of when my, my personal, like, like, uh, walk in the faith started. Um, but through, I don't know, it would be maybe like eight years or so that w- we weren't really going to church and like, and I, and I didn't like, I, and I wasn't practicing any of that stuff. mm mm-hmm. Um I think I believed in God because I'd been growing up because I'd grown up in the church, but that Catholic church that we went to initially also just didn't do a great job of like teaching me a lot about like what Christianity is and like what exactly like what exactly I was supposed to believe about God. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's it's still something I have, like, an interesting relationship with Catholicism now because I, like, grew up in the church and I do not go to a Catholic church now. Right. Uh, and I, like, on the occasion that I go back to a Catholic church, I'm, like, oh, I can see what is good about this now from the outside. Yeah. Of, like, people having these, like, traditions that, like, remind them of the, like, fundamental things they believe and, like, Mm -hmm. and having, like, kind of... If, like, having, like, a a pattern to your life, like helps you like stay faithful Then that. Like then the structure of like Catholicism would be extremely like helpful. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's for me at least like, it's hard to like naturally experience like uh, a personal like relationship with God. And I think that's like, that's the whole thing. Like, I think that's mm. like what, I think that's what Christianity is, is just having a relationship with God. Yeah. And they never told me that's what it was when I was going to, like, Sunday school. Yeah.
2: And, you know, and yeah, Catholicism, it does seem to be a little bit more of that, that reverence, which kind of removes you. I mean, you literally, like, I guess you literally played pray to Mary instead of Jesus. Like, the, yeah. there's always somebody in between you and God. Yeah, and it's like, if you want to confess your
1: sins, you go to confession and you talk to a priest. Right,
2: right. And, like, and I've only, I went to, uh, actually, last, this past fall sometime, I went to uh, my first ever mass with uh, just a friend Just to check it out And I remember uh. like I remember having that feeling very much That there's not a lot of explaining going on Yeah Like there's not They're just kind of like This is this is the regular thing And if you're here you know it And then they're, they're the yeah. first They're also the ones that are like Kind of not They're not really trying to bring more people in Per se at least these days Yeah You know the whole idea of like mm, If you're not baptized Probably shouldn't take communion It's not really for you to. Yeah and that was always, this such a weird, uh, I don't
1: know. It was, it was I, I noticed the same things. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Cause like the, just the, com- the culture of that, like meant that in that Catholic church, people didn't really know each other that well. I didn't really know many of the other people in that church, even though I saw them every Sunday. Yeah. Um, but you're also like what? Six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's that's still like there yeah and i went i went back briefly after i had like been saved because i was like oh i'm now i'm a christian i need to start going to church this is the church i went to Mm -hmm. um and it didn't end up it didn't end up sticking for like a lot of those reasons Mm -hmm. that i was just like i've been like i grew up in this church and i don't know any of these people (laughs) coming here every sunday like that's very weird to me yeah and i like it wasn't uh it wasn't, like, a connecting experience. I didn't feel connected to the people or really that connected to God when I was there. hmm Because it's very... It just seems very dependent on, like, a foreknowledge of God. Like... Yeah. They're expecting you to come in knowing a lot.
2: Yeah, it's like picking up the, uh, like, in the middle of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like, you're starting on the third book. Yeah. Like, you're just supposed to know all this stuff. Yeah. You know? And I was, like, a new Christian, so I was like, I don't know. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, too, because you, you talk about wanting to have a, a personal relationship with God, and I think um, the community aspect of church is so important for that reason, because if we're mm-hmm. all—I mean, whatever your model of and concept of God is, you know, whether we are all part of God or we're all children of God or something, like that's, it seems like the relationships you have with your fellow human beings are going to be the way— you, one of the best ways to contact that relationship with the divine
1: to me yes yeah Yeah. no I totally agree I think that's that's like a big part of my personal theology at least is that I think everything all the important parts of like faith are relationships we have a relationship with God we have a relationship with Jesus we have a relationship with the people around us who either believe or don't believe and like and like each of those relationships is important and like that's the way I think that's the way we like experience our faith and like that's that's the like big thing about that we're like here to do yeah is like because uh basically the big things like in the bible is that god like commands us to do is like to to like love god and love each other right. and those are held as like equal right um <clears throat> and so it's like all that's just relationships. Yeah, to one to love one it is to
2: love another. Like yes, if you're, and if you are truly loving one one or the other, then you can't help but love the other. It's a it's exactly a, yeah. yeah symbiotic thing. Um, I'm curious to, what, when you um, so when you were saved was that in a uh, was that in a specific denomination
1: was that non denominational or, um, yeah so I got saved at a Christian summer camp mm-hmm. um, that my parents sent me to that they so they like hadn't been going to church for a while and really like very clearly to me didn't have a that high a view of God uh-huh. um and so they they were like hey we're sending you this camp like to get you out of the house for two weeks <laughs> yeah um and I was like are you aware that this is a Christian camp and they were like oh is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're like no it'll be fine some of your like baseball friends are going to be there and I'm like I was like I don't I don't know those people well. <laughs> yeah, Baseball is a very It's like the most Individual team
2: sport Yeah There is
1: <laughs> And they also like Messed up And like the kids I knew Were going a different week Than I was going Oh no So I went to a Christian camp Not being a Christian With a bunch of strangers Uh huh And where was this Northern California or Uh yes It was It was up in the Sierra Uh The Sierra Mountains mm-hmm. So like Like the It was even further up north Than where I was living It was like another yeah. Four hours Yeah From there I don't know what uh,
2: what Christian camps do in the Midwest. There's no mountains. It seems like that you in the East Coast or West Coast, you have to have it in the mountains. There's no other place to have a camp.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think in the Midwest they like it's a lot of like big kind of um, compound places with like huge fields. Yeah, right. It's yeah. A lot of like big fields, and then like a, a small little patch of trees together, and you're like,
2: oh yeah, it's... oh
1: yeah, where you can have a fire or something. Yeah, <laughs> we'll start
2: a town here. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so this is a, so it's a Christian summer camp and then, um, what, tell me more about like the process of getting saved. So was, was over the, by the end of the two weeks or was it like halfway through or?
1: Um, so I went the first year and, um, the first year, like I was like 12 or 13 and, um, went with a, my, my mom dropped me off at the house of these people she didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but their kids were going to the camp and they were also taking some kids up to the camp uh-huh. so she like wasn't even going to drive me to this camp she was yeah. like I'm going to drop you off with strangers and they'll take you to this camp well it was the 90s it was different <laughs> <laughs> or early yeah. 2000s I'm not sure exactly how old you go yeah it then. would be yeah it would have been the early 2000s yeah yeah but even for it felt weird at the time <laughs> and I still think it was <laughs> yeah um but they dropped me off with these people, and I'm, like, dreading this camp completely, but the the people, like, these, the kids of, like, these people ended up being, like, some of my best friends, mm-hmm. and, like, they, even that day, they immediately, like, like, started doing the work of, like, getting to know me, and were, like, hey, we're excited that you're coming, like, who, yeah. who are you, like, this is, like, these are the things that I like, like, let's talk about stuff, let's, like...
0: Like they, yeah,
1: yeah, they were like very intentional on like folding me into like a relationship with them and like making me a part of their community. Yeah, and so, and that was like huge because it felt like I at least got some people on my team before I even like got to this place. Not my baseball team though. Yeah, not my (laughs) baseball team. Those those guys were nowhere to be seen. (laughs) Um, but when I got to this place, it. I was thinking, like, man, I really lucked out. These guys are really nice. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the camp and find out, like, everybody's like this. Yeah. You're like, man, I really lucked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody is, like, is warm and is so, like, um, focused on, like, being, like, a community and, like, yeah. including everyone in everything that's happening. And, man, is that rare among, like, teenagers adolescents. It is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I think... That happening at that time in my life is what really, like, struck me because it was, like, I'm not seeing this in my family. I'm not seeing this in my, like, group of friends. Mm. Like, I'm not seeing this anywhere. Yeah. Like, this kind of, like, acceptance that, like, doesn't ask anything in return. Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: That's bringing back for me a lot of, uh, some of my strongest memories and best memories of Christianity. Because I'm not, I'm not currently a Christian, um, although I... Well, yeah, I don't. <laughs> think it's fair to characterize me as not a Christian, but at the same time, I have these memories. I used to be a uh, like basically a high school leader for uh, this kind of middle school. It wasn't really a camp. But it was like it was like a youth conference, so okay. like middle schoolers would come for like a long weekend or like a short weekend. We, so we, it was like me and a bunch of high schoolers doing this like leading recreation, leading worship, leading like Bible study and stuff. And it was such. It was that acceptance feeling that you're <laughs> yeah. exactly talking about. And it created the, such a, I mean, if they're, that's the closest I've ever been to utopia in yeah. my life. Yes. And it was genuine. Yeah. It was real. It wasn't made up. It wasn't like, there was truly like, yeah, we had minor fights, but then we would oh. always reconcile and come <laughs> together afterwards. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. No. People just stay mad at each other and be like, well, I don't need to talk to that person because it's LA or whatever, you know, yeah. it's so disappointing. But, um, so that's cool. And then is there like a, so, with getting saved, is there, like, a
1: formal, like, you are saved? Like, what's ha- what happens? Um, it, like, it feels very formal, but, like, or it felt formal at the time. And as I, like, as I got older and, like, became, like, a like a, a counselor at this camp and, like, mm-hmm. started kind of stepping into a role where I was, like, mentoring, like, younger people, I realized it's not that formal. <laughs> it's kind of, like... As long in whatever way you want to hit the points that it's like, do you like, like, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross? Mm -hmm. Like, do you like believe that your sins have been forgiven? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, do you like, you know, devote your life to Christ in like whatever way? Like, Mm -hmm. basically, it's just someone asking those questions. Uh And if you say yes to all those, then it's like, well, okay, I can affirm (laughs) that you have been saved. (laughs) Check. Yeah and it's not even like a it's interesting cuz it's not like the process of that like brings forth your salvation or something like that it's just mm. kind of someone checking in and saying like yeah i think due to like what you believe and like how you're living your life you have been saved yeah you're in yeah <laughs> yeah if you like yeah as like a young christian like Pursuing this, want some affirmation? I can tell you that yes.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't need this validation because we, the, well, if you're under the model of we are inescapable from God's love and grace, even if we wanted to be, yeah. it's like you're already saved, but like now it's like, yeah, I know you. Now I'm just telling you.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's
2: totally what it is. Yeah. Is, is that, um? how do you feel now about, like, what's your, I'm trying to figure out the way to, like, I don't know, phrase this question, but like, how do you, What's your relationship with the idea of being saved now? Is it still, like, something that's really, like, that concept? Like, versus when you first felt
1: saved, or when uh-huh. you first were saved.
2: Like, how has that evolved?
1: Um, if if it has. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, don't, I wonder if it has. <laughs> um, there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of different, like, ideas about that. And the, the idea of, like, being, like... Saved in that meaning, like you're gonna go to heaven versus like going to hell. Like mm-hmm. I get asked about a lot because that seems to be like a sticking point for a lot of people. Yeah, they're like, yeah. like people don't like the idea that they're going to hell. No, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Most people are not a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, which I can understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't. I mean, I wouldn't like that either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there's like a it's. I think it, it gets thought of as, like, something that's being totally about, like, judgment and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you're saved, you're, like, accepted. And if you're going to hell, then you're, like, judged. Mm-hmm. And, like, I definitely believe that God has the authority to, like, judge. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think he's... A big part of my, like, belief is he's the only one who does. Mm. Um, which is, like... Which I think also, the, like... Christians not wrapping their head around that I think is what kind of leads to this like people feeling judged and feeling like condemned to hell is like because human beings are telling them yeah. <laughs> like you're a sinner and you're going to hell and it's like personally I don't believe anybody on earth has the authority to tell you that. Right, except the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> they're, right, right. There's God's special
2: messengers <laughs> for, yeah. uh, for judgment. It's, um, yeah, it's interesting. And so I, I do you, I'm just curious. I mean, do you... So, do you believe in, like, a
1: a hell afterlife as a possibility? Uh, I do, yeah. Yeah. My kind of, like... It took me a long time to, like, come around to that because it, like... It does seem, at first, like, kind of an incongruous concept with, like, an all-loving God. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, ultimately... Like, God is always, like, showing you, like, His love and, like... And, like, loves you fully through this whole life, but if at the end of, like, your life you are still, like, I don't want that, like, I don't want to be a part of that, and I don't, like, and I don't want God in my life, Mm -hmm. like, even though God is, like, the source of all joy and, like, all love, he has created a place where if you really don't want him, you can go and be, like, (laughs) without God. Yeah. Like, he's made, he, like, at first out of, like, necessity, but then also, I think, out of, like, a place of really honoring free will. Mm. God made a place where you truly can exist without him. Yeah. So you feel like it's more about
2: the the absence of God more than a punished, like a fire and brimstone type. Thing yes. Or, yeah.
1: I think that, I think that heaven is merely the, f- the fully realized and experienced presence of God mm. and hell is merely the absence of God completely. Yeah. It's, yeah.
2: That makes sense. And I, it's something I, I, yeah, I definitely have, uh, yeah, like a lot of people who grew up Christian, uh, I definitely pushed back against this. I mean, I wasn't even raised with the idea of hell. I don't think my parents, uh-huh. I don't know what they believe on it, but they never, it was not the focus of, uh, of Presbyterians growing up. I, kind of how I feel about it now, I don't, I personally don't know about an afterlife either way, but I definitely believe in creating heaven and hell on earth. And our abilities, when we are in tune with the divine, in whatever form that is, then that feels like heaven. It does feel. It creates these utopias, or it creates uh-huh. this. You feel this synergy with the rest of the world and the rest of humanity. You're like the times in my life when, like, yeah, I'm talking to strangers, I'm chatting everybody uh-huh. up, and I'm like <laughs> connecting with people. Versus the times where I'm like isolate. I'm like Alone in my studio apartment, just like festering <laughs> away, like yeah. you know, trying to get a better day job or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and feel it, that feel it—that absence of, of God, of humanity, of those relationships—that man, if that doesn't feel like hell, you know, that <laughs> it feels hellacious. And I, you yeah, know, um, but yeah, that that's interesting to like the, that concept of heaven as the total presence of God. Do you feel like that's something attainable? here in our time on earth um like this this heaven this i don't know how to say it this yeah that that synergy with (laughs) with god or is it yeah i
1: think i think that like uh what the the bible says is that like jesus is like coming back at some point we don't know when Mm -hmm. um to like to to bring like the the kingdom of heaven to like be fully realized on the earth. I think before that, um, that we won't, that we won't be able to like fully, fully like experience God. Yeah. Both because like, like both because of like, uh, the world being like corrupted by sin. And also because we just in our current form, like couldn't really conceive of God, like, yeah. fully anyway. Yeah. There's all these, like, stories in the Bible about how, like, uh, like, Moses had to, like, hide behind a rock when, like, God passed by because he, right. like, can't look directly at him. Right. Because um, it would have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, which is a crazy thing to think about, that God is, like, so magnificent that just looking at him would kill us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, Like, in our current state. Our cr- yeah. Um, But I do think... I do think that's an interesting, like... Phenomena, the experience of like some kind of like utopia on earth and this like full like joy that we can experience in life. And I think my Christian like explanation of that, I guess, is that um, since like the death of Jesus and our like and our like receiving of um, salvation and like mercy, that like the kingdom of heaven is like. Is breaking in like already Like every day mm. the world grows Closer to like that eventual The eventual like perfection Of like the kingdom yeah. of heaven on earth and so We are like Granted the ability To experience kind of like shadows of this Like of the like full joy That we'll have one day mm-hmm. in God
2: Yeah and you know it's uh, that you, Whenever these quote unquote utopias And I, I don't mean that in a literal sense I've never mm-hmm. experienced a literal utopia but yeah. like it always comes from like it never is by myself by the way i can be happy by myself i can be happy (laughs) i I like like having solitude and stuff but like it's not always the happiest the highest highs are when you have like you're like on a good like a team that's all on the same page like whether whether it's improv or whatever you're all like in a department that's like working for some goal like some common unified goal and there's mutual trust and love there yeah so kind of going back to the relationship idea of like and that's yeah, it's our relationship with other people that have that brings us to the closest in communion with God as we possibly can. And it's interesting. I, until this conversation, I never really thought about our current incarnation, our current world, as uh-huh. beings this in-between place where you can have an absence of God, or you can have like you can you can taste heaven and hell right now. Yes, yeah. And get a uh, get a flavor of it. <laughs> yeah. But what do you what do you make of then? Because I. Um, with like sin and to me i i i picture sin as stuff when i when i do conceptualize it as something that just removes us from knowing like the love the, this kind of love of god or this this universal love this kind of like cause I, i'm trying to i'm right now i'm like <laughs> i'm trying to like bring up i know there's a lot some non-christians listening to this i'm I'm trying to like help bring them into the fold here too uh-huh. um so what do you, what do you make of like people who are sin like addiction or things that are sort of like might be sinful behaviors that are out of their control? Like what? How how do you? How I don't know. Has that something? Is that something you've thought about or? Um.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. That's definitely something I've it's like a dream. It's thought a about. Tr- tough yeah. question. I I think I don't mean to put you on the spot. Uh. No. It's yeah. That's something that. Uh that's something that hits close to home for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause there's like a, the first thing I'll say about sin. Cause I, cause it's something that like, I think is a, a misunderstanding I experience with like non Christians is that again, there's a lot of like, it's painted as a thing that's about judgment and yeah. it's not like separates good people from bad people. And like, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think my like idea of like, of sin and kind of like abstaining from sin is that like God that God like lays out like the way he's designed the world and he says like this is the way I think it should be and he's like you, but you have free will to do whatever you want and he's like if you want to like like if you would like to obey me and if you would like to like be in a relationship with me this is what I this is how I think you should live mm-hmm. if you would like to not do that then you're free to yeah and I think so, like, I, I don't think there is any merit in, like, condemning non-Christians for sinning. Because, like, obeying, like, the Ten Commandments and, and abstaining from sin is something you do as a part of your devotion to God. Yeah. And so if you don't, like, I think they're all good practices in and of themselves to, mm-hmm. like, abstain from sin. But I also think there's kind of, like, not any greater point to doing it if you don't believe in God. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't, I certainly don't feel any personal judgment towards like non-Christians who do something that the Bible would like, <laughs> would paint as being sinful. Cause it's like, yeah, you don't have any reason to like, to like not do that. I, or I mean, I don't know, maybe you have your own, your own reasons, but like, yeah, like you don't have the reasons that I have for like not sinning. So I'm not going to expect you to act the same way that I do. Yeah. And it's,
2: it's coming from a place of compassion or anything like this is what I think would make you happy. I mean, that's sort of like the fundamental maybe paradox of evangelism, right? Is like if somebody is so deeply touched and so moved and so like, no, this is following this religion makes me so happy, makes me feel so in communion with the rest of the world. How can you not talk about it? How can you not try to bring people into that? But then the people get pissed off when you (laughs) you do. I mean, have you... What's your take on on that and, like, event? Like, how do you, do you, I would imagine, I mean, tell, please tell me if I'm wrong, I would imagine uh-huh. in the comedy world there's a lot of, like, there'd be a lot of hesitancy on my part to try to, I mean, hell, even doing this thing, which is, like, this podcast, like, the, <laughs> the, the whole series of this, I'm, like, I'm not trying to exclude anybody, but even just the idea of, like, being, like, religion and comedy just seems uh-huh. so... <laughs> antithesis to each other I feel like there would be a lot of it would be impossible for me to try to like outreach to anybody (laughs) you know how do you feel Uh,
1: about all that I mean it's yeah it's definitely very difficult because people are very sensitive about religion and I oddly I find that people who don't subscribe to any particular religion seem the most sensitive about it Mm -hmm. Um, like if I'm talking to someone who is like like a practicing like Jew or like, or Hindu or something like that. It's in my experience, like they're much more like game to talk about their <laughs> faith and about my faith.
0: Yeah. And like, yeah.
1: hear my ideas than somebody who, uh, is like, doesn't subscribe to any particular religion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because it's such a, if you'd never like, if you didn't grow up in the church or like, or, or going, or as a part of some religion, then probably all religions seem like kind of an unknown thing. Yeah, like you you don't have experience with that, and it's just a natural human thing to like to fear the unknown and have some kind of apprehension towards that.
0: Yeah,
2: or a lot of people grew up with with a lot of that judgment, with a lot, of, and so they can't help but associate religion with judgment. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's, that definitely
2: clouds it for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, that's that's the most. That's what frustrates me the most in this, like... Because I do feel like, as as someone who has, like, had their life, like, changed by this stuff, I do feel called to share it with other people. Yeah. And the biggest stumbling block I find is people who have been in the church and have been hurt... Yeah. ...in the church, and, like... Because
2: they're, like, they're, like, I know what you're talking about, man.
1: I know what you're selling, Yeah. I'm
2: not buying, like, a dime of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's because... It's this, like, frustrating thing where, like, this perfect, this perfect message of God has been trusted to be delivered by, like, clumsy, stupid humans (laughs) who, like, screw up all the time and are, like, and are gonna, like, pick and choose words that serve them yeah, and, like, do do selfish or fearful things with it. Mm. And it's, like... You know anything powerful can be used For yeah evil so and
2: Under that under that model yeah judgment Doesn't even make sense because it's like how could You how could you judge People for not believing in something that They either wasn't preached to them wasn't They didn't have a chance to believe in or was Like presented to them haphazardly You know yeah. like how but And that's it's an interesting Way to, to think about it I'm Of like the idea of Proselytizing or being evangelical Just purely as like no there's like maybe they won't be punished, but I want to like try to get the the good news <laughs> out, you know, some good some good ass news. I'm trying to get out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: it's so so interesting to me. Um, there's something I oh got. I've lost my train of thought. But so okay. So tell me more about like your current. What you go to Reality L A. is the name of the church. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I go to
1: Reality L A. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Uh, it's a non-denominational church, um, which just means that like, it doesn't. It's not a part of like any greater like family of churches. Mm-hmm. There is actually like a reality family of churches, but it's it it's there's like four of them or something. Uh-huh. It's not yeah. like a like a Baptist church or like a yeah. Catholic church where there's like hundreds and it's a specific theology. And yeah, it's my like UCB. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a couple of them, but it's not like a, it's not a big thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I go to Reality LA. We meet in the auditorium of Helen Bernstein High School. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, which is, which I like a lot because it's like a very. Because I dislike the uh, kind of, like pomp and circumstance that some Mm. churches have, and like like Catholics.
2: Yeah, Yeah. if we had had to name, if we had to call out somebody, sure, we'd call out the Catholics being pompous. I think Catholics would agree.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like, it exists in uh, a lot of different denominations and a lot of different religions. This kind of like, like grandiose, like idea that like God is powerful because He gave us this huge building and like Mm -hmm. these fancy clothes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't like that because I feel like the message of Jesus is for everybody whether you've like got money or not or like it should be everywhere in every place like in in huge like fancy buildings and in like tiny shacks mm. like um so I like that we meet at Helen Bernstein cause it like it's a very like humbling thing yeah where it's like let's Let's not have any illusions about like this. Yeah. Like the church is definitely just this group of people because we could get kicked out of this auditorium at any time.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the materialism is another classic trapping of the Christian church. And that's a, yeah, it's a, there's a classic, I think even, I think most modern Catholics would agree. It's a classic, like old, like, I mean, I'm talking like, yeah, like 10th century and earlier, like type thing, like this, this focus on the specific objects you have. And it's so funny to me because I've always thought of that as being idol worshiping. You know, is, is yes. that yeah. you know you're you're creating like in some way it's a, it's a weird fine line to draw because you want to like have these tokens that remind us like the cross being the, the main one, right? Yeah, they're the reminder of the sacrifice. But there does seem to almost be an idol worship of even the cross to, to some extent. It, <laughs> I mean. so that that's cool it's a kind of an anti-materialistic sort of event do you have any other like is there any other kind of defining feature or things you'd like about reality la besides that meet where people are going to play a a basketball game the next day (laughs) (laughs) um
1: i like that uh it has like it has a lot of different like pastors Mm -hmm. so you don't There's, like, a teaching pastor who does most of the sermons, Mm -hmm. but not all of them. You'll pretty frequently see other people give sermons. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, kind of, um, like, escapes the, like, temptation to make the church about, like, one person. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which even... Another classical religion thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which even has been, like... Or I suspected maybe was a problem in Reality LA because we, we recently lost our, like, main teaching pastor and, like, a new guy has, like, taken over. Mm-hmm. But the, the old pastor was somebody everybody loved, felt mm-hmm. very connected to. He had a very powerful, like, story and was very good at giving sermons. Yeah. And it's so easy to, like, ascribe so much of, like, what is powerful about faith to, like, somebody like that. Yeah. Like, a charismatic person can, like, really... They can bring a lot of people in, but also if, like, your faith becomes attached to that one person, Mm -hmm. then it's not, like, then it's not really, like, yours. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, when that person leaves, like, well, what do you still believe?
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, it's, exactly, it's, like, how much of, a, how much do you want your relationship with God to be defined by your relationship with this, this other, like, with one individual dude? How much is he a conduit? It's something, I remember... I don't. I never. Because I, my dad. We moved one time when I don't remember when I was three. Then we moved again when I was sixteen, and I never. I. I didn't. I wasn't obviously there firsthand to witness it, but I heard about like the church I left when I was sixteen, like having, yeah. I guess some. It's always like it's it's a, it's a lot. It's an uproot to try to find another good pastor you like that that everybody can get on the same board with when when they were trying to replace a dude who was kind of like. In sync with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's no real, this kind of decentralized sort of structure to it. Uh huh. Is there like, as a kind of like modern music?
1: Or what's the, what's. The, yeah. It's yeah. like essentially a rock band that's yeah. like playing the worship music. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Are you, do you ever play in it? I don't. No. Hmm. Um, yeah. I have. My, like, music and my faith are kind of, I have, like, an interesting relationship with that. Because I, like, I'm very much of the mindset that, like, like all art, like, glorifies the beauty of creation and, like, therefore mm. glorifies God. Yeah. Even if it's not being made by Christians, even if like, that's not the intent of the art. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, I think that, like, people are, like, a masterpiece created by God and the, the world is, like, this grand like beautiful creation and all art is like about that yeah it's about like either our relationships with each other or people or like this world and like i think all of that like glorifies god and any art you feel connected to is like is something is something that glorifies him Hmm. yeah um and i also do not like most Christian music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank God, man.
2: <laughs> I, yeah. I don't trust many people who like Christian rock music. Because <laughs> yeah. even even when I was a kid, like, my mom desperately wanted me to believe, or not believe, she desperately wanted me to like Christian rock music. Uh-huh. And every now and then you get, like, a DC Talk or maybe a, uh, yeah. you know, your, your, like, Reliant K, which they were kind yeah. they were kind of fringe, secular, <laughs> Christian, or, like, but outside of that there's something what do you why do you think that is that like christian rock is not just doesn't quite work
1: i think it's because i think it's because like there is a built-in like market for that yeah for like christian music yeah and so if you if you are a christian artist you automatically get into that market and there's less competition Mm, yeah 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 like if these like christian rock bands were making secular rock no one would listen to it right right like because there'd be there's too many better rock bands out there
2: yeah and i feel like you know back to your point about all art being being able to glorify god and if we if we wrap our arms around even the sad shit like you're wilco or like maybe you're like even darker than that or like yeah I think those are the things that maybe Christian Rock, its it can be a little bit monotonous in that it's only about maybe praising and salvation and things like, I mean, I guess salvation is more of like, oh, I was despairing, but now I'm saved. But there's never yeah. like a pure despair, like... Which I mean, if you look at the Psalms, some of the Psalms there's like just some pure, just some like, yeah, good old anguish, and yeah, it.
1: some of it's just David complaining for verse yeah.
2: upon verse, or like Job, it's just like, hey man, like why are you <laughs> like what what the hell, man? Yeah, <laughs> or like Ecclesiastes being kind of like a uh, sort of nihilistic in a way, being like, oh, it's all the same, it's all the same, it doesn't nothing matters, <laughs> none of this yeah. matters. It's uh maybe that's the maybe that's the element that's missing from Christian rock. And like, it's, but they're in a bind. Cause then like, that's the message of Christianity, right? Is that we are saved from this, uh, our troubles, our
1: suffering. Yeah. But that's, I, I agree. That's like a, a bad habit in Christian culture, even more broadly than just in the art of like minimizing problems and minimizing like suffering. Mm, yeah. Because even, because I think that's not like biblical to do that even because like there's, because, yeah, like you said, there's, like... A lot of suffering in the Bible. Tons of it. <laughs> and yeah. it's all very... And it's all very purposeful. It's, like... It's... The Bible doesn't say, like, well, this is a fluke. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bible is, like, gotta, like, let this happen for a reason. And, like, the Bible is very clear that, like, suffering, like, breeds character. And yeah. And, like, it is through suffering that you, like, kind of become the person you're gonna be. You either choose to hope or you choose to despair. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's where your faith either becomes stronger or you lose it. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. So, like, that... The fact that we don't, like... That we don't kind of, um, like, shine a light on suffering more in the Christian community is something I sort of lament. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, the one artist... The one Christian artist I really enjoys Sufjan Stevens
2: I thought you were gonna Um, it's funny that was the person I was thinking of in my mind right
1: before you said it yeah and he'll write he'll write stuff about like him personally sinning and about having like and about feeling like despair and feeling like he can't like he has no hope and stuff and yeah he'll also write songs about like feeling close to God and like right because
2: he's covered a couple of hymns probably right yeah. I know there's one in particular, like, uh, I can't, Ah, oh, man, I'm, it's going to bug me until I think of it. It's one of the, <laughs> the, the old good ones. There's like a very, oh, like maybe beat out my vision. I don't know. Not, not beat out my vision, but it's in that, like that range, that territory. Anyway, uh-huh. doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, so yeah. So is that something, I mean, how have you,
1: do you write much music yourself or are you, uh, um, I do now that's like a fairly recent thing because mm-hmm. i like w- i learned all of this junk in school <laughs> yeah that like i never i'd never known how to do before because i was just a drummer mm-hmm. like i was you just you don't have to know <laughs> that much about like the way music works to it, play the drums Yeah,
2: melody or
1: lyrics yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah melody and harmony and like writing lyrics is something i'd never had to worry about
0: yeah
1: and they didn't I didn't learn much directly about songwriting in school, but I came out of school and was like, well, I have the tools to, like, do this if I want to. Yeah. So I've, like... The past, like, year or so, I've kind of made a concerted effort to start trying to, like, write music because it's a skill I would like to have. Yeah. Um, So you're writing, like, just good old Christian rock, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, some of it... Some of it is definitely about God. I mean, how could it how could it not be yes. some? how could it not
2: <laughs> be informed somewhat by it yeah you
1: know um yeah some of it's like very it's strange because yeah some of it's very directly about God one of it like I don't know where this stuff like comes from when I write it but one of I wrote a song that's like the verses are like kind of about a town like um like finding like a kid's like dead body uh huh uh, and then the choruses are about how like like everyone's gonna rise from the dead eventually. <laughs> Interesting. That may, um,
2: that song remind that or just that idea reminds me of uh Bruce Springsteen's Reason to Believe. Do you know that song? Oh, I've heard that. It's off of Nebraska. It's the last track on it. And it I had yeah. I only came I only became aware of it this past year. Like, Bruce is one of those artists where it's like I've heard the hits, but like and I listened to like Nebraska Which was all acoustic And I was like mm. I felt like an idiot For never having Listened to it before Talk about yeah. a despair album That is a oh, despair yeah. album Oh yeah But uh, Reason to Believe Is an interesting one it's hard to know Exactly what his point of view Like what his Personal opinion on Which is why it's great But it's uh-huh. Basically it's like Each verse is about A different tragedy In some community uh-huh. And he's like Yeah people Keep finding a reason To believe You know
1: Yes Yeah this is coming Back to me now Yeah Cause I listened to Nebraska maybe like A month ago
2: Yeah It's um so that I don't anyway your song reminded me of that <laughs> <laughs> um, I so I guess we're it's about time to to wrap up usually the gimmick of the show was uh, we make up a religion I, I you know I don't want to put you put you in that position since you fervently believe in one <laughs> I guess maybe my my tweak on it is there anything and I don't not necessarily about specifically about reality, LA, or like. Is there anything that go, when you project forward in your life and thinking about your long term maybe goals of Christianity of like uh-huh. your Christian life? Is there something that you would like to grow towards and maybe like build up more? Or is there something that you would like to be the a continued focus on? Is there any? Um. Yeah,
1: I think.
0: Hmm.
2: Any aspect of, like, worship or your personal relationship or of...
1: I think something that I've, something that i like, kind of uh, started to notice in my life is because I, I think, like, a lot about, like, evangelism. And, and I used to think, like, oh, I'm not talking about God enough. I'm not, like, getting the word out there enough. But now, like, having been in both the comedy community and in my, like, church community for, like, five years... I found that all the, like, the people who have been, like, affected most by my faith are not people who I, like, talked about it a ton with, but people who, like, I was just there. Like, I was just there for them for a long time. And, like, so they trust what I say. And, like, so I think I would like a more continued, like, focus on that. Because I think you have to, you have to like love somebody first before you talk to them about this stuff, mm-hmm. like before you say like this is something you should have in your life. Because you can't, if you don't know their life, if you don't know them, you don't have the right to say that to them.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's the old classic song, Christian song that I think is, is one of my, as an outsider now, it's one of my favorites is. They will know we are Christians by our love. You know, they yeah. will, they'll know us by our actions. They're not going to know us by what we say we believe. They're going to know us by how we make them feel. And yeah. man, you, even this you, the way you put that, like, just sent me chills. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, yeah. You don't. That's sometimes you don't have to. They don't have to know the. Maybe people don't have to know the specifics. It's good enough to just yeah be there for them.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when I got saved, like, I didn't know that much about Christianity. I just knew how he felt and how he was treated by people who were calling themselves Christians. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much for
2: coming over and opening up about all this. Yeah. I know it's, it's a weird uh, intersection of, of religion and comedy, <laughs> which is uh, what I'm trying to explore and push on this and um, this whole series I'm <laughs> doing. And um, so thanks. Thanks a lot. This is great. Yeah. I, I loved it.
1: Thanks for having me. Well,
2: that's the show, everyone. Thanks again for Michael for coming out and having a great conversation. Again, if you're listening to this on the the day or two it comes out, check out Funk Shuffle Presents at 1030 at the Clubhouse on uh, on Tuesday. And I, I think they do it somewhat regularly, so uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, again, if you like this show, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, follow the page on Facebook, Twitter, however you like it. Or just check in every once in a while. Uh, love you all. Ja Rule.
0: What's a creative podcast network?